1: Forever Dog This episode of The Need to Fail is brought to you by Spring water It's definitely toilet water that they Put into bottles and I still Drink it oh, The need to fail Sometimes Sometimes need to fail The need to fail Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Need to Fail. My name is Don Finelli. I run this thing for only two more episodes, down to our final two episodes here. I'd love to start this one off with a, uh, a call that gutted me, <laughs> I have to tell you. I thought all the faily-fail calls were done, but they weren't. And I was happy to get another one, and it was a real powerful one, and uh, one I think a lot of us can relate to. So here's John from Texas.
2: Hey, uh, Don, this is John Spriggs. I am from Dallas, Texas. It's been, uh, it's been a year and, uh, a lot of stuff ended this year for me. Uh, a comedy theater that I got connected to about five years ago and started doing improv and kind of found myself and found a group of people. Um, and that's actually how I found your show. It was through that community. That theater seems to be shutting down. I think improv is going away. Um, all of this you know, wonderful stuff that, um, I had built up over the last five years is going away. I had a, um, three-year relationship and in the middle of quarantine. And, uh, I, I, I don't know, you know, I end up working <laughs> my, uh, family business that I, um, came back to help them out seven years ago. It feels like it's starting to slowly, um, fall apart in the middle of uh, this (laughs) economic decline and then your podcast is going away a source of joy for many years that's really brought me a lot of encouragement so um, I don't know man I just want to say thanks and uh, I don't know what the next step is but one thing that's brought me a lot of comfort is hearing these stories and hearing how uh, other people have
1: Thank you, John. Uh, that means a lot. I am. Uh, I'm sorry that you're going through this. I guess perpetual loss, this compounding loss. Uh, it, it feels like you know this feeling of loss is so omnipresent nowadays. And you know whether we're losing loved ones or relationships or businesses, you know, especially you know our institutions. Uh, these institutions that might have you know brought folks. Together to help create a community, you know, a lot of improv theaters and indie venues and art institutions are closing down or downsizing. And I know creative community is not just one building, but sometimes that building is a symbol and a cornerstone that unites the community. And I think it is uh, quite appropriate to to grieve that loss, um, especially if it's a location where, you know, joyful memories took place or where, where stories were developed and where you had the privilege to kind of experience the, the range of life and existence and all that good stuff, emotions, hardships. Uh, I think for a lot of people, it might have been one of the first places they felt accepted uh, or, or felt like a home. So it's very sad, very, very, very sad. And yeah, as for relationships and, and businesses, all I can say is you're definitely not alone in that regard uh keep trying to connect with people i think we that's what we need to keep doing during this time uh obviously it doesn't need to be physical but you know we are a, a social species and uh, we need to take care of each other now more than ever and you're not a burden right like i always feel like a burden i'm speaking to myself right now so <laughs> reach out to people connect share your share your dreams and fears uh lean on your meaningful relationships uh or uh you know be bold and create new ones takes a lot of vulnerability, but it's worth a try. So thanks again for the call, John. I I wish you nothing but happiness. I'm sorry. I am ending a source of solace for you, but these episodes will be here for you, you know, hopefully for a long time. I don't fucking know, Uh, but uh, keep chugging, man. You got this. We got this. Much love, brother. So I had this like, oh Christ, beautiful mind moment in the shower before, and I was thinking, I was like, so last week I talked about like, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you guys uh, over these next couple episodes what I've learned about failure, okay, to really wrap this thing up. So last week I talked about how, uh, you know, time and perspective are your friend to even determine if something can be classified as a failure, you know, with enough distance and perspective, uh, you might be surprised to see where your perceived failure has led you in the long run. So I was like, great, I'm going to build off of that. So I was thinking about it in the shower. I was lathering up my bits and pieces. And then I just started going down this rabbit hole. I was like, what words are associated with failure? I was like, what words have failure in them? I was like, heart failure. I was like, okay, heart failure. Yeah, well, that's the circulatory system. You know what the circulatory system is? A closed system. Maybe only failures can take place in closed systems. Or no, no, finite systems or closed loop systems. Jesus Christ. Guys, I got a D in thermodynamics, okay? So you see where this has led me. Now, I am not going to go down this road. I started writing down notes like, yeah, this could be the thing and... You may be a closed-loop system or isolated system. It doesn't fucking matter. I think what I was thinking of, many of my guests that I've talked to don't really use the word failure. And I even started using the word setbacks because of that because they associate failure with something ending, okay? So that's what I was thinking of. I think I was thinking of like a closed system. Like you go to an audition, you either get it or you don't. If your whole career rests on that one audition, sure, it it could be seen as a failure. Or if you don't get that audition, yeah, that could be a failure. But I see that as like a closed system, okay? I think what people in this business do well are, one, they don't really have a backup plan, and they just see this career as this kind of ongoing thing. So if they do experience a failure, say, like didn't get onto SNL or something like that, it is more of a setback than an ending to their whole career. I think when their career ends and they didn't achieve what they wanted to, maybe that can be seen as a failure, but maybe that can be seen as an achievement as well. So I don't fucking know. I was going to go into this big thing this big theory on closed loop systems it doesn't make sense it doesn't matter I think it comes down to viewing your career as this kind of ongoing thing and maybe those uh, bumps along the way will just feel like bumps and not complete failures but I don't know I don't know what I'm talking about I did all these interviews and I don't know what I'm talking about (laughs) let's get to the show Got my good friend on today. Uh, She was the first interview I ever did for this podcast. It's the amazing Lauren Lapkus. Uh, Lauren and my wife, Laura, uh, met in New York many years ago uh, at the UCB Theater, and then they became close friends and performed a bunch together. She was in our wedding. Uh, She's one of the funniest people alive, I think. Uh, One of my favorite people to improvise with. Uh, She's generous as hell. She's always opened her door for Laura and I when we visited uh, L.A., Uh, She tried to help take out my podcast at one point, The Need to Fail at one point. Uh, She's always uh, ready to lend a helping hand, uh, so it's much appreciated. And uh, when we did this interview seven years ago, she was sleeping on my couch in uh, Brooklyn Heights and and filming the first season uh, of Orange is the New Black. That wasn't out yet. She hadn't really done any podcasts yet. Uh, I think she was doing Hot in Cleveland, a sitcom with Betty White at the time, maybe as well. She was off her first sitcom. Are you there, God? It's me, Chelsea. But that's about it. I mean, to list her credits now would take uh, truly longer than me explaining my closed-loop failure theory clusterfuck I just wasted your time on before. Uh, But if you're a fan of Lauren's, you know she's got a ton of podcasts. Most recently, Newcomers with Nicole Byer. She's got her own lap time. Uh, You can find those and a lot more on her Patreon. Uh, She was just in Netflix's number one movie in the universe. The Wrong Missy, as I say in the podcast, I texted Lauren like shortly into watching it. Uh, She's on fucking fire throughout that whole movie. Uh, She's always on her A game, I think, but this is like her on her A plus game. Uh, And she talks about why uh, in the podcast when I ask her about it. Uh, what else? I mean, she's in the supergroup Wild Horses. She starred in indie movies like The Unicorn. She's been in blockbusters like Jurassic World, TV shows like Crashing and the Big Bang Theory. Ever heard of it? Uh, voiceovers galore. Uh, But we chat about how she doesn't book like 90% of the things she goes out for and uh, cover a whole lot of other stuff. But I wanted to start where we spent a good amount of time in our first interview, and that is on the subject of, yeah, vision boards, baby. Oh, this intro is way too long. Let's get to it. That's what you're here for. Here she is, Lauren Lapkus. Yeah. I wanted to know your current relationship with vision boards. So So you still doing all that stuff.
0: I still do. So like I, I've, I've on and off, I've done them over the years, but I always have one. And I usually, it kind of depends whether I keep it out or whether I put it in the closet and just kind of like, know it's there, Uh but it's usually depends on like the level of embarrassment I feel about whatever it says. (laughs) (laughs) So like sometimes there'll be one like living in our bedroom and, like that's just on display, uh-huh. but I w- I was just cleaning out my closet during the pandemic and I found my vision board and it says 2020 in huge letters and or in numbers. And I was like, I should throw this in the trash. Of course. <laughs> I was like, there's going to be, this is embarrassing that I even made this. And then a bunch of it had come true. Whoa.
1: Really? So, so I was like, 20, yes. you made one for 2020 and yeah, you're like, let me I, throw this out because this year's a shit show.
0: Yes. And then I actually was, I had put on there like Beyond Seth Meyers, which I got to do during the pandemic. Like there were a couple things that I don't want to list that happened, but like right. it was just kind of interesting no, okay. because I looked at it, I, but at a glance I was like, I'm an idiot for thinking anything good could be happening. And then I was like, wait, some good stuff did happen. I need to like recognize that. Yes. It's so easy to just go like everything sucks, <laughs> but
1: <laughs> yeah. Cause we're bombarded with news all day that everything does suck and i think at a certain yeah. point a lot of things did suck and they just weren't in it's almost like uh, since uh, this new presidency in the last 4 years just a lot of the muck has come up but it was kind of always there it's just getting yeah. exacerbated and now it's like a daily thing where you feel like you're you're getting gaslighted right you feel just crazy yes. so then you just write things off you go like you know what this year's a this year's a wash Um,
2: yeah, that's
1: too broad. I feel
0: like a lot of people are saying that. And so it's kind of the thing too, of like sort of Twitter makes me think everything sucks even more than I already think that. Like, of course I, (laughs) I think everything sucks on like the basic obvious level, but I also have to live my day to day life and I can't just be like completely depressed because of the state of the world all the time. And, but it's so easy to feel that way when you just were reading about, um, bullshit all day and people just like posting memes of like throwing 2020 in the trash or whatever. Like, it's just like, I don't, I, I can easily drop into that mindset, but I feel much better when I don't. So like the, it was the vision board thing was kind of an interesting example of that for me where I, I thought I really need to pull back and see like the positives Mm -hmm. more often.
1: Yeah. So you, you're doing them every year. You still do them. Is it like a ritual that you do?
0: Yeah. So it kind of became a ritual with my friend, Arden Marine. Mm-hmm. We did it for the last couple of years. We've done them together uh, with another friend and that that's been fun. But it's kind of an interesting thing to do with other people because it's so personal. Yeah, that's hard. Like, that would be hard for me. I Yeah, I don't really want to like tell them everything on it. So it's kind of <laughs> you lose like, some space look at my work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Put up, like, folders like you would do in school to, like, protect your test. Um, But, yeah. so And then before that, I pretty much have done one almost every year. I think um, I stopped holding on to most of them, but I'll take a picture of them Mm -hmm. and so I can kind of look back. But I I do feel that it's important. So it's interesting that we talked about that back then. Yeah. I definitely have found that, like, whenever I put down specific things that I want in my life – a lot of them happen because I, I, and I think there's a logical explanation that you're, you know, when you know what you want, you go after it more, you talk about it more freely. Mm-hmm. If someone brings up something connected to that, you jump at the opportunity. Like it, it just kind of makes you realize what's important to you. So yeah. I think it's, that's how I've explained it to my very logical uncle mm-hmm. who would think it was weird that I was doing that. Yeah, sure. Um, Cause
1: there is the kind of cosmic, uh, universal, Uh, law of attraction stuff that is brought up with it. And that might be a little bit um, eye-rolly for a lot of people, which fair enough. But then there is the, okay, well, maybe there's a scientific explanation or just a practical explanation of you're more focused on what you want. Therefore, the steps to get there are a little clearer for you, like um, the whole Cape's coaching method is breaking down, you know, small goals to get to your big goal and practical steps that you can actually see yourself doing, um, mm. which is very like, yep, that's how you get there. And then sometimes like there's all these things that that happen in, in your way and you realize maybe that wasn't my goal. I mean, you you even talked about it last time. Sometimes you want something so much, and then you start getting towards it, and you go like, eh, that's not actually what I want.
0: Yes. And I think that happens more often than I realize. Mm-hmm. I just had it happen kind of recently that I was um, going to be doing this project, and I had been talking to people about it for a couple of years, and it, I mean, everything takes forever, so like, you know, when you're trying to like get something made, it can take so long, and I yeah. was kind of talking um, and working with this production company and with a, an old friend on this project, and I was really into it, and then recently I realized that it's not really in line with my goals anymore, but it was like, so I had to to back out of it, which was really hard, mm-hmm. but it was, it was an important moment where I thought like, Oh, I don't need to just continue doing this because I said I want to or something. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I completely understand what you mean. That's just a very hard decision because you're almost, it's like almost like your own manager in a certain respects where you're like, but this doesn't exactly line up for the plan that I had. And we know plans can change, but if there's something that, yeah. you know, if there's something that kind of, I don't know. Yes, I I, I understand what you're saying uh, with that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it, the idea of doing it really came out of wanting to just follow my heart and not wait for things to happen for me. Mm-hmm. Like it was like kind of coming from a place of being really proactive and just saying, like, I think this is really cool. I want to do this. Right. And then as other things happened for me. I thought like it was almost this realization of like, oh, I actually can go back to an older goal that I have, yes, and I don't right. be like, and I, I'm, I'm re interested in this. There's opportunities back with this old goal, yep. and if I do this thing, it kind of like throws off that trajectory. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, but it's so hard to make decisions like that. Like, I mean, I think that's one of the hard parts about being an actor creator person is that you like have to make all these decisions for yourself and, and like you're bound to have failures. I mean, no matter what, but like, yeah, it feels worse when you're like, I made all these choices and this is the,
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah, this is all on my shoulders. Yeah. My, my, um, kind of macro, uh, dilemma at times is when to pivot and when to double down on something. So, yeah. Oh, I didn't maybe say you're pitching a show and that you, you're you getting a couple of no's. Do you double down and try to rework it and retool it and figure out exactly what's going on? Or do you pivot away from that and go like, you know what, this just doesn't seem sellable right now. And I think that's like the ultimate thing that... Uh, and then that goes further because sometimes like your gut you trust because it's brought to you to where you are. Mm-hmm. And then certain things where it's like, well, my gut brought me to... Yeah. This place and that's feels wrong. Now it feels but like this is the wrong I way. Feel
0: like so often mm-hmm. with my gut mm-hmm. is like when something when I'm like I could call it trusting my gut, but I think a lot of times I ignore my gut. Mm-hmm. Like I think I think I'm trusting mm-hmm. my gut, but there's a part of me that's going. I'm not really admitting that mm-hmm. I don't think this is a good idea. <laughs> yep,
1: do the same thing. I'm
0: just <laughs> I don't want to be the one to say it or mm-hmm. like whatever the reason Scared. is. Like I or yeah, mm-hmm. it's fear and it's like. And I don't want to burst someone else's bubble. Mm-hmm. Like there's just like you know different things that that stop you from being completely honest about that feeling. Right. And that's so often for me what leads me to these dead ends where I go. I kind of knew I didn't want, or I kind of knew this wouldn't be good, or or I yeah. or or. or I feel we've pushed this past its limit. Like mm-hmm. I knew where the limit was with this. And yes. now we've gone too far. We're yeah. like trying to fit a square peg or something. Yeah. Like
1: Even when your gut leads you to these good things, it's still hard to follow it 100% of the time because of yeah. what you're saying. There's all these things. Maybe you're too nice. Maybe you're too whatever. Uh, you feel yeah, bad. I think or, with, this, yeah.
0: with this project that I just backed out of, there was the feeling of like, I'm I'm trusting my gut because... This partly because this opportunity is being presented to me that I wouldn't have that, like, it, I'm, I feel lucky to get. Mm-hmm. So, like, wow, someone thought I should do this thing. Mm-hmm. That is flattering. And so, that also plays a role where you're like, how could, who am I to say no yeah, to this right, opportunity? Right, right. Which I still, str- I feel like all the time struggle with. But like, because I think I, when I first started, I basically never said no. Mm-hmm. There were so few things I said no to. Mm-hmm. I can't think of any, I'm sure they were just like an improv show, you know, (laughs) and I probably didn't say no. So like, I just did everything, which I think I believe I often like really think is a great thing. Like when people are starting out and you're trying to get your career going, saying yes to all different types of opportunities is so helpful because you meet people, you have experience. When a bigger thing happens, you're more prepared, you're less nervous. But then as you get more established the habit of saying no is not ingrained. Mm -hmm. So like, it's really hard for me to decide sometimes when I need to just say no, even to like a, just a show or like a live show, like an unpaid fun thing Mm -hmm. that I just don't feel like doing. Right. I still go, I'll do it next month. And then I end up next month going, God damn it. I have to do all this fucking shit that I said. There's a guilt.
1: (laughs) There's like this guilt feeling. and, And that guilt comes from either like letting people down or this fear of like, uh, I've done everything and that's got me to where I am. So will I get soft? Will I get, will my skill, yeah. you know, like there's a bunch of stuff. I don't know what it is personally for you or why you think you feel that guilt, but I definitely can re- relate to it. I think because we're think like workaholic, of, we're, we we want to do it. Well, there's a, definitely,
0: yeah. we're both Virgos. There's mm-hmm. definitely like an element of like that mm-hmm. sort of like really wanting to do everything and be on top of everything. Mm-hmm. And then there's also this. Um, which by the way, I'm not like a huge astrology person. I only know about Virgo stuff. Yes, I don't me too. Like, know. Everything. I'm, I'm with you.
1: <laughs> I only know about me and that's all I care about. And maybe that's <laughs> exactly. a Virgo
0: thing. And that actually is in line with the Virgo traits. <laughs> um, but like, <laughs> but I think I, part of it for me is with saying no, is like I, I believe that saying yes did get me here and that it will get me to the next place. So it's, there's still this yeah. mentality that like, I need to keep showing up for all different types of things partly because I'm grateful for if it's like work related, I'm grateful for a job. I'm great. I, I, I understand the value of a dollar and like care about it. So to pass on yes. like a free job is like crazy. So a lot of yeah. times that's a, a factor. And I, and I think people like disregard that a lot with actors. They kind of go like, why did that guy do that thing? And you're like, because his bills, you fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah. Like, what do you think? <laughs> yeah. It's like, yes, some of it is like you're fulfilling your passion and your heart. And like, a, and a lot of times you get that even out of a job that's not that great. Yeah. But a lot of times it also is because you have to pay your bills. Yeah. Like, I don't know what.
1: Also, sometimes it's, it's, a lot of this is out of your control. You can only control your performance. And even then, sometimes oh, that's out of God. your control yes. because you don't know who's editing it. You don't know, you know, no. what the final cut looks like. You don't know what. Uh, studio is involved to say make this this and that i don't like the storyline so now it feels A- choppy
0: 100 percent. i mean i have definitely been involved in things over the years mm-hmm. where i watched it and I went that's what it is like you like were making it and it was like this other thing in your mind yeah. and then you see it come together with all of the people who have to weigh in and right. all the different notes that are given to it and then you watch it and you're like seemed funnier when we were doing it, you know, yeah. it's like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm, yeah, so. I totally
1: understand. Or like, that's the cut they use. Like maybe yeah. it was the other cut. Like sometimes, you know, like, damn, that was it. And then you see it and you're like that. No, you missed the thing. And it's like, yes. audio could have been off. Like, some it something could have happened or they they just didn't think it was funny and you go like oh yeah. fuck Well that's and then it's totally, totally out of your control not to get very specific with a vision board but just to kind of put a put a, mm-hmm. a, a period on the end of this conversation this specific part of the conversation is there any specific thing that you had on your vision board like do you keep stuff on your vision board if you don't get it
0: yes i definitely do and i will put things on over and over again so there are for sure things that i've had on there every year since i started doing it um that and sometimes they come and go like i'll i'll achieve something and then i'll be like i kind of want that again mm. or whatever or like i want that uh but a little more specific in this direction mm-hmm. and so you know i i would put things on there as i was you know living in la and uh, moving around and stuff and be like now i want a dishwasher you know <laughs> just like the goal of like uh, how can this happen and <laughs> You know, keeping it really specific like that, I think was always really helpful for me. But also having like just the bigger, like I would put like you know, happy home life or mm-hmm. something that's kind of vague, but along with like dishwasher, mm-hmm. where you're like that one, I know mm-hmm. I can achieve at some point.
1: And you said sometimes you keep them out, sometimes you put them away. What what determines that?
0: It's a matter of first of all, I think like I've had periods in my life where I was really career focused, which I feel like is kind of just part of my nature anyway, but where I want to look at it all the time. And I feel that I, and I was more of the belief, like I had the mindset that looking at it helped me like on the sort of Mm. manifesting level. Um, And I think over time I've, I've gotten more pragmatic about it. And I feel like I don't think of it as being as in the air as much as, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: you know what I mean? Like I, I don't need to, yeah, you went from like cosmic
1: to a little bit more practical with it. It's become like more of a practice for you. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it feels
0: good at the start of the year to like make one. It's sort of like new year's resolutions, Mm -hmm. but when Mm -hmm. you check in, like another thing I put on there at the, at, at, in January was to, um, learn piano, which I really kind of never thought I would do. But then during the pandemic, I got (laughs) to the point where I was, um, losing my mind enough that I did start learning. I've, I've, like stopped, but I want to go back to it. But like that was something where I looked at my vision board and went, Oh, I did start learning how to play the piano. Like I did not think that was gonna happen. I put that yeah, on there sort yeah, of yeah. as a like dream self goal.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, even going back to the like you were saying, like you've had so many things throughout um that you just can't control and people edit shit the way they want to. I'll I mean when I watched The Wrong Missy, I texted you I think like 20 minutes into that fucking thing. I was like, "What? Like this is amazing. Like <laughs> it feels like that, that whatever you must have been doing, you must have been on some fucking roll because every shot, I felt like they used like every great clip." Uh so it you was, either gave them a shit ton of stuff, or they really they just like I'm sure you did uh because man, how did you feel about that experience and, like you. seeing that shit?
0: It was really exciting. I that was definitely the first time in my career with that movie with everything where I felt like I was able to kind of go balls to the wall in the way that I really like to do and the way mm-hmm. that I do on like a small scale with like podcasts or like on stage. Um, yeah. Yeah, on stage mm-hmm. and these in these ways where like only a small portion of the world gets to witness my <laughs> what i think is my humor Mm -hmm. or whatever you know what i mean um and so and gets to is the joking part of that but you know what i'm saying (laughs) so (laughs) but like with with the movie it was really exciting because i really didn't know what to expect and I I truly auditioned for the movie because David Spade was already going to be in it, and I love David mm-hmm. Spade. So I was like, I'll just go to the audition, even though I don't really understand how to play this character. I don't really know <laughs> what to do here. I truly was like, I think I, I think I'll suck at this. Like it was wow. w- one of those auditions where I was like, I don't even know how to say this. Like why why? It was I truly I was like working on it at home, and I was like, do I have to do a southern accent to like pull this off? Like I didn't understand mm-hmm. the character. And it wasn't – I mean, then I just kind of just did it as myself Mm -hmm. but heightened or whatever. And then going into the – to doing the movie, it was really – I think I came to understand that like just bringing my sensibility to it is the only way I'm going to sell this character Mm -hmm. because it's so absurd Yeah, and I need to like commit 100% or it just doesn't work. And um, Tyler Spindell, who was the director, he – he had me improvise every scene a hundred ways. I mean, we were doing it. So ultimately I was thrilled with the outcome because we were able to, you know, I, he found really great takes of me where I felt like, Oh, he picked the funniest one. Like I really felt like that was the most opportunity I've ever had to improvise so much to bring so much my, my self and my humor. And it really boosted my confidence because Mm, I think for example, with Holmes and Watson, mm-hmm. I play a mute character. <laughs> the, who, so, in that context, I mean, myself, my my self confidence was nowhere near what it would be in this type of context where I can say things. Right, I can't. I can only improvise with my face. So yeah. there was a lot of um, questioning myself within that of like, was that funny? Yeah, you, know, like, yeah. I, you can't. It's hard to know. Yeah,
1: it's more of like a clown, um, right? You're more like doing yeah. clowning instead of like truly what yes. your your core imp- improvising is.
0: Yeah. So like while it was so cool to get to work with those guys, I felt like, Oh, they're not getting who I am. Like there's a lot of this is like, they'll never understand me. Yeah. Like that. And I, cause I do feel like my humor is such an important part of my personality, but it's, not. it's, I don't always lead with it. Mm. especially if I'm in a context of meeting new people, I don't feel that I always show that part of myself as much. Yeah. Um, and so like, with this movie, I felt like, oh, David understands immediately who I am because yeah. I just got to improvise in front of him and show him what I like to do. Mm-hmm. And I I feel like it just it opened it up so much. It made me really comfortable with him. It made me really comfortable on set. It made me feel like the whole crew understood me. Like, it, it's just this whole part of myself that I feel like I never get to use where... I'm. I think I'm a nice person, and I like I'm nice to everyone. But they, I don't know that they would ever walk away going like she's the funniest person. <laughs> yeah. And with this, I'm like, okay, if you liked that, then you get me. Yeah, you know, it's so interesting. So, it's
1: it shines through so much. It's so visceral. Like I've seen you. You know, I perform with you. You're one of the best people to perform. You just, you'll just go anywhere and have as much fun with shit as possible. You're one of the. You, I think we like those people that make us feel comfortable to do our thing. And yeah. and to go really far and and to know like they don't we don't need to be the center of attention but we can be if the ball's passed to us yeah so to have that in a professional setting to finally get that was that one of the first times you really got to like go balls out or
0: yes I can't really even think of another time except for with my characters special for Netflix which I mean that was all in, I still would do it all differently which is another thing about that like I look back at that. And I just, I'm like, oh, I, it happened that I did that five years ago. I think I've changed so much. I'm like, I would rewrite the whole thing. I would do really? it totally different. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So like that's that's kind of weird but i look at this time i'm like well that also helped me feel confident and grow like all these things are important for like you know building on top of each other so you've watched the the characters
1: back and were like ah i wish i could tweak that
0: yeah i think i was happy with a lot of it but i i I just can't watch it now (laughs) like it's like i (laughs) it's like it's crossed that line where like i just have i just can't like so i think i might still find i might be surprised by finding stuff funny now but i in my head it's become something that like i just don't yeah Um, revisit yeah but like with with this movie it was i mean i think i think so that's the thing like i've never really had the chance to do it and i think that the ways in which they left certain elements of it open-ended to me i mean of course there was a script and we were i was doing things the the whole exact it's all exactly as written basically i just got to have fun and add my flair with certain lines and moments and you know throwing stuff in And it taught me a lot about commitment because Mm. I try to commit to every role I do. I try to bring, you know, full commitment to it. But with being in a lead role, which I've rarely gotten to do, I've only had one other chance, and that was an indie movie. The unicorn. Which is
1: great. But that's a completely different character.
0: (laughs) Totally different. Yes. Really grounded. Mm -hmm. But like with this, I had the pressure of it being a bigger movie with a celebrity and all this stuff and like the happy medicine guys. And so I spent, you know, every night memorizing my lines and I felt fully prepared most days. Mm -hmm. And that was different for me. Usually I'm really on the fly, like memorizing it right before I start Mm. talking. Mm -hmm. And I think that that made a huge difference for me. So there's like, so I felt really felt free to play within stuff. And I also felt just the ease, honestly being in that position there's le- there's a weird amount of, there's a lot of pressure, but there's also the uh, total leeway to fuck up where no mm-hmm. one's going to be mad at you. Yeah, they
1: set up the because, environment for you to feel that way.
0: And if you come in to a show as a guest player, I mean, I always come in knowing my lines and all that stuff, but like, I don't want to mess Yeah, up right, because right, right. You, they don't know me yes. and I'm not going to be the squeaky wheel. Yes. You're a little
1: tighter. You're a little tighter. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. I just don't want to come in. And also, I don't want to come in and act like, you all want to see me improvise. You know, it's like, they don't care. Yeah, They, they got a schedule. The they want
1: fucking to get out of there.
0: Yes. Like no one's like, wow us. Um, but like with this, I, I had the chance to do that. And while it became like, there were points where it was exhausting, but I, I think when I look back, I'm so grateful that we shot it that way because it's, it's a silly movie and you really just want it to be fun, funny, good time. It's, it's not trying to like, make some big statement. So if you aren't able to be, like, free and play within that, then, like, what are you even doing? Like, it's just supposed to be a fun time. Yeah,
1: and you brought pathos to it, too. You know what I mean? You brought, like, one towards the end. You go, like, nah, I'm a real person. You know, like, (laughs) I'm not just this fucking insane person, which, like, also... Yeah. I mean, it was just, I I just, uh, you know, I thought you knocked it out of the park with that one. So congrats on that. Has your, has your relationship with auditioning changed over the years Have as certain things that you felt were precious early on or that you did that you kind of no longer do. Do you have a different mindset going into auditions at all? You know, like going into the wrong Missy or like, Oh yeah,
0: no, I didn't know at all. And so what do you do? You just make a
1: choice. You just go for it. You do your thing.
0: Yeah, I think it's just like, at this point, I feel, I mean, I definitely still have really bad auditions from time to time, and I was just thinking about one last night Mm. where I was like, it was for a pilot Mm -hmm. last year, and I walked in, and first of all, I felt really shaky about the lines, I just felt like I didn't really have it, I hadn't really like said it out loud enough times, Mm -hmm. and then I got in there and saw someone who had kind of made me feel bad once.
1: (laughs) (laughs) A casting director or a person?
0: No, it was like a guy, it was like a room full of like 10 Uh people. And it was, it was like in a professional setting, he, he said something that bothered me. It wasn't like, it wasn't, it was all about work related stuff. Yeah. It was just like, bad he said vibes. this thing that you're I, walking into bad yeah. vibes. And so I, I when I went, oh man, that guy's here. <laughs> and then I'm like, I totally biffed it. And I was like, that blows. I should have. <laughs> and so even last night I was thinking about this random audition for a year or two ago and thinking like, why didn't I just go, I don't feel good. I can't do this right now. Like, you know, you yeah. have the power to walk away. <laughs> I think I have never taken that opportunity. <laughs> I just keep going until I'm like, what a train wreck. Yeah. But like, I wished I would just go, you know, I'm really not feeling this right now. I have to leave and they'll have me back. You know, like they'll always like, if you just were like, it's not, it's not the moment, yeah. you know, I, even if you just said like, I feel sick, like yeah. whatever, you could lie. Yes. But like, it's just, ugh, I, I hate, that having those bad auditions where you kind of know, you just know, right when you start talking, like, I don't have it. Oh, it
1: is. I just went through one and I haven't had a lot of auditions since I moved out here. And it, it was just a random time when, like, Joni was either sick or she was up all. It was something like that. And I had two, three hours of sleep in me. And I had this, like, really chunky dialogue audition, too. And the people running the room were very warm, but it was a new place. So it was like first time I was with them. I came in hot. Mm -hmm. I came in like totally wired and I just couldn't (laughs) get through. My character was like me on speed times 10 and I was fumbling through and I was improvising it out and they were like laughing, but also looking at me like, you gotta go. (laughs) Yeah. You know, like you had that. They were so sweet. They were very Nice. Uh, they have kids. They understood, but I was like, I wanted to. I was so embarrassed. You, totally, I, it's, I don't want to feel embarrassed.
0: <laughs> no, and that's that's totally what my feeling is with that audition. I'm like, I was just embarrassed that I didn't crush it in front of that guy that I thought was annoying. Like, I wish that that went better. Yeah, I and it sucks to feel that way. Yeah. Like, and it and it sucks to feel that lack of control. I think like as improvisers, we have this feeling that like you can kind of just start talking and you'll figure out where you're going yeah. like halfway through. Because that's how and it, it always will, is. It'll all work out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so like with auditions, I have a bit of that mentality where I'm like, I just got to get a feel for what I'm supposed to do. And like, even if I lose track completely, I'll just make something up that makes sense mm-hmm. and it'll yeah. f- pass, yeah. you know? So that's kind of good and bad. Like, I think you can totally rest on that in a way that's like negative negative. Yeah. and you are lazy, right. not, you know, fully, but like, you let yourself off the hook. Yeah. But
1: it's almost like you were saying with the wrong Missy, like you really got your lines down so that when you went in there, they were really a part of you. And I'm guessing like you were saying like, Oh, sometimes before you didn't have all the words and it was probably to keep you loose. I'm guessing is like, you don't want to be so, you know, stiff. You want to get the intentions down. Like the improvisational feel should be like, you want it to feel uh, present and connective.
0: And I think so much of that is knowing that they want you to do that. Like if there's certain jobs, they don't, implied that at all. And I think with this, it was like, I started to understand really right away that like, that's what we were going to do. Right. And I remember a day where both David and I, like we we did one whole scene and we were like, that was good. And then they were like, okay, next scene. And we both were like, I've, I've never, I feel like I've never read this. We both were just like, Oh, this is happening right now. And we just like crammed it. And actually it's one of my favorite scenes. So it's kind of, but I think there's this thing about like the muscle of memorization that when you're working really hard and you're being in a, you're in a position where you're being challenged in the way that you want to be, you could rise to the occasion. Yeah, And it like feels so good. Like I think, i've i've had moments like that where it's not like gratifying like i did this commercial Mm -hmm. i did like a really weird like web series of web commercials for some like really weird technology (laughs) that i mean (laughs) like i don't even know if these commercials like i don't know that i ever saw them but i i it was like i i never say no no, I mean, it was a really good paycheck uh-huh. and it was like, this was like years ago, but I was like really excited that I got this offer to do this series of commercials for a well-known company, but I don't know that I ever saw the commercial uh-huh. and maybe I did. I just forgot, <laughs> but they were only online and I got there and they added like all of these, these lines. Like it was like oh. pages of dialogue uh, that was, was all like technical jargon. I didn't know what I was talking about. It was like machines uh, that did this certain thing and no. whatever. And I also had to be in a very specific situation where I was like in an elevator and it was a fake elevator and then the doors would come off and these people would come in and this thing would move and this thing would happen. And like everything had to happen like exactly the right moment. And I was under so much pressure. This was probably just like a year or two after we did our episode. Yeah. And the pressure was like so intense and I got through it. And I remember riding home and like crying in my car like, "Oh my god, I did that." Like yeah. I can't believe I memorized it all. Like they were looking at me and I just memorized. It. Like you just find that you just do it. Yeah. And that didn't feel great. I was proud of myself that I achieved it, but I was like, "Oh my god, like that was like so much pressure all day long and it was like kind of horrible." Yeah. And then cutting to this situation where like it's like loose like it, but I do have the pressure to memorize it. I have to perform the scene. I have to achieve the goal. Everyone is waiting for you. But there's this comfort and support and like it's comedy. So there's just this ease that comes with that. But I think I've yeah. definitely found over the years that like the more you – it's just like anything. The more reps you get, the more comfortable you are in like memorizing a lot of things over the course of a couple months, you get better at memorizing. Yeah, sure, it's faster. Yeah, I, I mean, auditions, I think, are still horrible. I, don't, <laughs> I hate, them. <laughs> I hate them, and I, I just had one in the pandemic from home, <laughs> self tape. Which, by the way, like self tapes, I, I feel really, um, I don't even know what I feel because sometimes I've had success with them. Yeah, yeah, I, also, I remember early
1: on, it was like you booked a shit ton off of self tapes.
0: Yeah, it was like I I had a lot of luck with them, but they also have this amount of pressure that really sucks where like you have to make like your husband or whoever lives with you or a friend record you. Yeah. You do have the opportunity to fuck up because it's not the real audition, so you want to get it right. Yes. You want to you can't send them a, a a video of you fucking it up. <laughs> like get it right, you know? Yep. I just had one and it was like eight pages. We need this by like Monday, like two days later, and it must be and it has zero views on Vimeo. I'm like, these people, it was a must, must have within, I worked my ass yeah. off, I put on makeup, I, I haven't done that in months, you know, I'm like, I'm doing my best, and then it, they just didn't even watch it? Yeah. I don't, like...
1: Well, Lauren, I'll, I'll tell you-, you something, they might have, okay? Because this has happened to me before, and I casually brought it up, I was like, oh, I guess they never saw that thing, They and uh, my, what, my manager or agent at the time was like, oh, no, we took that video and uploaded it. To a separate platform.
0: Okay. So I'm going to. Okay. So they that might makes have. Feel better.
1: They might have.
0: I hope so because I put in a lot of work <laughs> and I just, I hope it got uploaded to a server where a person watched it one You'll time. You'll never I, know. That's all I want. You'll never <laughs> know. But that helps me more than you could ever. Okay. Because <laughs> the zero views was, I was like, what is this world we live yeah, in? Yeah,
1: yeah, fuck you. Well, I mean, I've, I've talked to some other friends of just the amount of effort they put in for a commercial audition is basically like film the commercial for us. And if we yeah. choose you, we'll just use that. Cl- you know what I mean? It's just there's so much like you oh, do all well, the work. During now.
0: this time? Yes, during the pandemic. Or... Wow. Where it's
1: like, oh, get go out and get this beer and come back and, you know, go on a golf course. And it's like, what? This is a pandemic. Things are closed. So... I'm always just like, it's, Jesus. It's so weird. <laughs> Random segue. Uh yeah. In Laura's episode, she had talked about, very vaguely, uh, about uh, kind of being up for a, a TV show. And her friend was up for it. We found out, or she found out, while we were staying at that friend's place. That was your <laughs> place. This was crashing. Yes, yes, uh, yes. I didn't know. It was funny from, like, since it's over, it's like from your end. Uh, I don't know how you were feeling during all that.
0: I... I remember this. I I've I i do not remember extremely well what how it went down, mm-hmm. but I remember we were both up for it. yeah,
1: and we were staying was, with you.
0: <laughs> yes, you were, which staying we often my house. did.
1: Every time we came into LA, yes. you were very generous, and then I stayed
0: with you so mm-hmm. many times. You're we very generous. Which, we appreciate it. By the it. way, amazing. Oh, the entire time I was on Orange Is New Black, I was like living on your couch. Yeah. I mean that's also something people don't understand about this business is like, you don't immediately make money to get a hotel.
1: Yeah. You were, you were, that's and uh, you were saying that that's where we recorded the first episode of this. You were standing yes. on my couch. You were, you were orange and new Brack was not out yet. And, uh, yeah, you recorded, we recorded this at my little uh, dining room table yeah. in my 400 square foot of well. fucking one bedroom.
0: I could probably like walk you through that apartment accurately because I spent so much mm-hmm. time there, I'm like, I remember yeah. where every little thing was, but yeah, you were stay by place, and we were both up for it, but so then I think I got the call while you guys were there, mm-hmm. but did I tell you right away no. I'm trying,
2: yeah, no, because so then, then like, I think
1: I think Laura got like a text or email or something very at like uh, as you were either getting that call or right at it was like very quickly. <laughs>
0: It's such bullshit. Like that's such an uncomfortable thing to experience. Um, I remember feeling like, oh, this is uncomfortable, but I can't remember how it played out exactly, but it really was one of those things. I mean, I think it happens so often where you're, where you're up for the same part, but it doesn't happen every day that you're like basically living together during it. And then like getting the calls at the same time, like good news over here, bad news over here. Like, oh, fuck
1: this. 15 feet away from each other.
2: Yeah.
0: And I'm like, cool like whispering like yeah yeah i think She's you like, went outside
1: oh. and like laura was like looking at her phone and and yeah it was very it's it,
0: not cool no it
1: was very it was very uh i was just like in between it like looking both ways i was like oh fuck
0: yeah that's not that's not a good feeling but i mean it's weird too because with as, as time goes on with these jobs yeah i've like been up against people i know for so many things and they get it and i don't get mm-hmm. it or whatever and like It feels like it's shitty, but the more you, the more it happens, just like, I mean, it's just like anything that you get comfortable with rejection and Mm -hmm. start to accept the ways this business works. But like, I, I think I've gotten better at, um, feeling genuinely okay with someone else getting the thing Mm -hmm. and like, just going like, well, that's just how the cookie crumbles. (laughs) Like it's, (laughs) it's a bad feeling. Mm -hmm. Um, Cause you know, you're so close to it. Yeah. Like that you're like, it could have been, it could have gone either way. Yeah. Um, but that's also kind of a good feeling because you are in a, p- a place where it's possible that.
1: Yeah. You, you made it very right there, far, you know? Yeah. You made it to a like, place I where mean, not a lot of other people are. So there's like that good feeling. And then like being so close and not getting it, it's uh, you fall off the cliff. Again. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yes. Cause I think for me, every time I have had, you know, auditions, Um, where I don't get them, which is all like 90% of the time. I, I don't think about it too much. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Like I don't, I don't like cry, Mm -hmm. but like when I'm testing for something and it's like down to me and two other people and the pressure is so high and they make you come in five times and do it over and over. And then I don't get it. And I get a call that's like, you didn't get it. Then I might cry because it's like, Mm. you are being told directly. No. And usually it's a very indirect no by way of silence. And so you're just like, I yeah. think it's I think I didn't get it. And then the show comes on, and you're like, that girl got it. And now yeah, it's like, you know, <laughs> when you get when you get super close, you're like, someone calls you and says no, yeah. and it feels so much worse. And then you have to be like, that's actually cool. Like you're like, um, oh, okay, I don't really care. And then like hang up the phone and like cry yeah. for five minutes and then move on. But it's a bummer.
1: Yeah. I think we're both good at moving on. I think you're just better at it like, I think I, we both can move on from things. Like we don't like look back too hard, but then I think I look for signs way too much. (laughs) Like, Oh, I should stop this business because I didn't do X, Y, and Z where you were, you were going into this thing being like, I'm not going to do anything else. Therefore, if I don't get this thing that I really wanted, you know, I'm going to feel bad in this moment. I'm going to cry it out. And then fucking, I know that there will, there will be something else.
0: Yeah. It's such a, it's such a, uh, weird thing because i i mean i don't think you should ever quit because i think you're so good okay i'm never gonna quit thank you lauren (laughs) (laughs) but really and i think there are some people like I, i i i have this mentality of like yes you should do it follow your dreams and i have said before i did this interview um (laughs) <laughs> this is kind of a weird thing that I got confronted on, but I did this interview with Sam Jones, who's this guy who does these like long form interviews in black and white. Yep. And I really enjoyed the interview. And during it, he's very in depth mm-hmm. and cause you talk for like a long yep. time. And during it, I talked about how I think people should quit improv because not everyone's good at improv. And I mean, I I, I had, you know, I had more of a point and it goes on. Yeah. Um, but the point is really just that, like, a lot of people think improv is bad because they see a lot of bad improv because a lot of people are bad at improv. Yes. Now, there are people who are amazing and I could name hundreds. Mm-hmm. Like, there, it's not like it's, it's so few and I'm saying, like, only you and I uh-huh, are good. Right. There's yes. a ton of amazing yep. people. But that's who should be doing it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and there's people in your every class who are naturally gifted mm-hmm. or can learn mm-hmm. and are funny, mm-hmm. and those people you could tell in a class. You know, three out of the ten are actually going to be really good at this. Mm-hmm. So that's really my point. But mm-hmm. I, I understand how it can come across as like discouraging, um, right. and maybe it's supposed to be. But <laughs> this, I was taking this Pilates class, uh-huh. and this the teacher mm-hmm. was like oh hey i do improv or you know she actually was like i used to do improv and then i saw your interview and you said people should quit and i quit
1: oh my god
0: and she was actually saying it she's like at first i thought you were she didn't say a a bitch but she said (laughs) something like that like at first i thought you were being a bitch yeah but then i thought about it more and i thought i'd be way happier doing taking acting classes and i've been taking acting classes and it's been way better for me and it makes more sense to me yeah and I was like, "That's good." And then the whole Pilates class, I'm like, "I'm an asshole," <laughs> like, <you know? laughs> but like, <laughs> but I, but I felt like, wait, ultimately that that made sense because some people are the youth; they think they're supposed to be doing this thing mm-hmm. because it's like a, a path you've seen before or something, and it's just not a good fit, mm-hmm. and. I just think if, if something feels wrong to you, that's so different than getting discouraged by lack of success in certain moments. Like if you're doing something where you're like, I'm having no success and I don't know that I actually like this thing and it's not fun. Like, you know, which I think a lot of people keep going, even though that those things might all be true. Like I, if you're doing improv, Because you your manager told you to, but like you kind of hate it and you get embarrassed every time you do it. Like you don't have to do it. You could be a great actor and never do that. Like Yeah. And it doesn't mean don't follow your dreams.
1: Well, yes, and and I'm always like follow, go for what you want. You might have a detour along the way, and that's okay as well. You can always get back on track, or you can just follow that detour, which might lead to another detour. You don't know. I think the difficult part with those things going back to what you said with like someone telling you you didn't get the part is like you think you you did a bad job or you just weren't good enough, right? And I think we've been doing this long enough to know like. That's always not totally true. It's just hard in the moment right. to not take it so fucking personally because you went pure vulnerability and pure balls out with it, right? And
0: you know they were talking about you. Yes, exactly.
1: Length. Like you know they were so like, "Lauren, nah, she's not right for the they part." Go, yeah, and you go, "She's not mm-hmm.
0: cute enough. It should be a short girl, yes. you know, or whatever." Yeah. Like, there's like you could see, and then <laughs> that's like the nicest thing I could have said. I truly, I'm like, I I picture way worse things being said about me, but it's like you you have this feeling like oh they were discussing me and dissecting what i did yep. and yeah. they decided i simply can't do the thing or it won't be as good if i do it yeah. and it's it, and that truly is just your your you know self-consciousness yeah. talking like it's not like because it because it can be something so simple they could literally be like hey we kind of owe that other actor this job because of this other thing yeah. and like whatever there's like weird politics oh, like, yeah. that you just don't know yep. so like So much of it is like that. And I mean, so many things of I've had so many auditions where I think it's it went really well. And then like they just give it to someone super famous and you're like, I know they didn't audition. So like (laughs) why were we all sitting there like working our asses off when they never were gonna give it to us? Yeah,
1: it's so funny that you go Um, like I I think it's great for people to hear because I think you book a lot or I we see you out in the public and you're doing a lot all the time. It's good to know that, you know, ninety percent of the things that you're going out for you still don't get. And you have to learn how to compartmentalize that and I and I, if you want to get gross with like oh the more popular you get or quote-unquote famous you get like the yeah the kind of more the stakes go up and and more of that like it feels like shit just doesn't change it feels like it's always the same you're going through it the is. same shit you have the it same is. doubts like you want <laughs> everything was, like I, <laughs>
0: I couldn't. I I couldn't bear to listen to myself on uh, the old episode. <laughs> like I, I hate to hear myself. Like I'm with you. you know, talk about uh, listening back. So, I
1: was like, I want to burn everything. Yeah. You're great. I don't. Wanna, I hate myself. No,
0: yeah. I no. That's exactly how yeah, I feel. Yeah. And it's like I don't. I don't want to hear it. But I was curious what I would say. But I I totally think so much of it is probably exactly the same. That like, you know, I I you kind of get this idea that when you reach a certain point certain things will fall into place or like it'll, or you'll get more things than you don't get. And I just don't think that's really true. Ultimately. Mm -hmm. Like I think one thing I, I might guess about being at a different level is like You just choose more often Mm -hmm. what you are doing. So it's less coming at you. I mean, it's more things coming at you than you seeking things out that you're getting rejected from. You know what I mean? Right. So that's part of it, maybe. And you feel, maybe you feel less rejection because of that. I don't know. I don't don't think I'm at that level. Mm -hmm. But like with where I am right now, I like audition for voiceover things Mm -hmm. from home like every other day Mm -hmm. and I get like one every, 15 wow. you know what i mean yeah. like and even that probably isn't even it's probably less than that yeah so like th- it's that feel i always think like why 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 is this so hard Yeah. <laughs> like how <laughs> but there are people but the competition is fierce like there's people who are like incredible in every arena and so they're gonna get it and you're not gonna get it and it, sometimes you will was there and, something that you know.
1: like you've really wanted that you didn't get over these couple of years was there one thing i mean you don't have to say which specific project or anything like that but yeah. there was or was there like a couple of these where you're like i am perfect for this or like that's the thing and like it did come out or it did do well or you know you're just like fuck you know and and then yeah, how do you they- straighten yourself with that because i think that's like the ultimate ultimate f- head fuck i guess
0: yeah i've definitely had those things like a lot of times I feel that way about pilots and then mm. they don't even go. And I'm like, well, I guess it wasn't that good or whatever. <laughs> <Yeah>. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's such a, it, there's so many hurdles to get something on TV that it's, it's insane. insane. Yeah. So I just don't, I, I kind of just let a lot of those go, but there definitely have been like shows that are the like, TV shows that are successful that I auditioned for. Um, and it was like, I know I had a bad audition. Mm-hmm. Like, and that kind of kills me because I just think like, oh, I could have worked on that more. Mm-hmm. I I could have brought more to that right. than I did. Or I didn't see what it really was supposed to be. Or, you know, yeah. sometimes when you see something done by someone else, it's interesting because you can say oh, I didn't really get that. It was supposed to be like that. And then, and then I think, well, it wasn't supposed to be like anything. It just was that that person is like that. Like Like, I couldn't have ever done what they're doing. I'm not them. So that's also a really helpful thing for me in in keeping my confidence going forward is like, I just simply can't be different than I am. Like I I'm going to bring what I'm going to bring to it. And sometimes that really works. And sometimes it doesn't really work. And
1: I'll say this, the hypocrisy of who we are uh, as well. I said that we are, uh, that we move on from things very quickly, but we also are very retrospective. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Meaning, yeah. Even in the first episode, we were, you were like, Oh, after improv episodes, I'll like think back about the mistakes or like, I'll want to text people and be like, sorry about doing this. Like we're the, I'm the same exact way. I think we just like feel bad, about yeah. some like not doing our best and then we feel like yes. we need to apologize either to ourselves or to other people for some reason about like not yeah. always doing our best and i think the reality of this if we're talking to ourselves and taking a step away our our therapists might say like that's that's the name of the game like sometimes you do well sometimes you don't sometimes like you just go into a room and you feel the magic sometimes you are present yeah. the words are there you feel connected and then sometimes you walk into a room and uh and it's cold and you can't and you're stuttering three words or you're too hyper you were up all night whatever it is and you just can't get it and then the funny thing about everything is like you could book that shitty thing and you could not book the thing that you felt great about
0: totally and that does happen and then that throws off all of your neuroses basically yeah (laughs) like you can't hold on to any of that shit because you're like Wait, I actually thought I sucked really bad at that. Yeah. They still saw something in that that they thought was good, and then that thing that I thought was amazing, they didn't think so. Yeah. Or it wasn't amazing enough or right. it wasn't the right person right. or whatever. So it's so true. I mean, I think what you just said about the room being cold or something like there are so many factors that go into an audition f- that like can fuck you up yep. when you f- you go in feeling really good and then like sometimes I'll be sitting in the waiting room and I can just, the walls are really thin and I can hear the person before me doing the entire audition. And I think, Hmm, they put inflection on a word. I wasn't going (laughs) to put inflection. And then I'm like, huh, am I doing it? Am I saying, am I emphasizing the wrong part of that? Cause I hear them doing that. And and then I'm like, why am I able to hear them? And then I go in there and I've just been thinking about how they did it. And I'm like repeating that back. And it's just, it's like, that was totally just because of the way the room was. So like, It, you can't really get too caught up in it I th- I'm, I'm, I think a lot of it is not telling people like my mom for example mm-hmm. th- about my audition. oh no way because then they're like following up like did, did you, you get it that? Mm-hmm. It's like, well no <laughs> you definitely would know if I got it I'll tell you <laughs> my mom asked me if I've talked to Netflix lately I was like no I've never talked I don't know what that means
1: you mean the person Netflix <laughs> 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 have you called up Netflix lately
0: I talked to them and I am um, yeah yeah <laughs>
1: What'd you feel about with "Orange Is the New Black"? You didn't know that your character was gonna be written, but that was kind of like a shock. That was like a shock to you. I, I'm guessing yes, when you're reading the, actually, reading the season, and you're like, "Oh,
0: what? Like, what the fuck?" I was sitting on your couch. Oh yes, that's air right. Mattress. That's right. I got the script. Oh my god! For the yes, and I and I was scrolling through it, and I and I'm looking at my lines, and I and it said like, "You're fired," and I was like, Well, oh, let's keep scrolling." <laughs> Something else, will, yeah. and then they'll go. Just kidding. And it just, and I, I truly sat there. I was like, my character just got fired. Mm. Like I, I'm off the show. Like yeah. I was truly like, I sat there and just had like kind of the Joey from friends moment where like he's being killed on the soap opera and he keeps trying not to like fall in the elevator shaft or whatever. Yeah. He's like,
2: uh, yes. he's just like, Oh, I don't
0: want to die. Yep. Like, and I was like, I don't want to be killed off the show. Yeah. So I really, it was really surprising. And I mean, of course they write things for a trillion reasons. I didn't feel like it was personal, but it's it's still that thing of like, Oh man, I was having fun. I didn't and no one like told me. Yeah. I had to find out like reading it, which maybe that's how it always goes for actors when they're like killed off of something. Sure. I don't know. But
1: yeah, I but they had brought never you had back that I mean experience. you came back at a certain point though, but yeah.
0: Yeah, I got to come back in season seven and have like a moment of um sort of closure, you know. Get, yeah getting a little bit of closure with the characters and that was really cool it was really fun to go back it was like a but i kind of i think i kind of immediately fell back into the mindset of myself in 2013 mm. like it was it was weird like being right back in a a set that you haven't been on yeah in seven it's years like going back to your high school did.
1: or something and having to like take class again yeah, <laughs> <the fuck>? yeah.
0: <laughs> it was truly like every because a lot of the same people were there mm-hmm. and and everyone's super nice. It was nothing about anyone else. It's all like my own, in my own head. But I was like, oh, I could feel almost like my lack of confidence that I had at that time. Like just returning to this exact scenario and, and feeling myself just be here. And like, and because you also have all these dynamics that you are returning to. I mean, I've just never had that experience. So, you know, you, at the time that was one of my first big jobs. And so it was like, I was just soaking everything in. I I was kind of talking to people here and there, but but kind of shy. Yeah. And then I don't feel that way on on sets now. I mean, even if I don't talk to people, I don't feel uncomfortable usually. Yeah. I feel like I'm fine being alone. Right. But I I had this. Like I remember when I did Orange Is New Black. I I would tell you if anyone asked me at that time like what my least favorite part about being an actor was, I would say lunchtime <laughs> yeah. because. I felt so paranoid about where to sit and who to talk to. And I don't even think about that now. Yeah. I mean, I, so it's kind of funny. Like I, I truly, <laughs> I can see how I've grown in that time, yeah, yeah. but like at the time that was like stressful.
1: Yeah. You me. don't exactly know like who, yeah, that's a whole other thing where it's like, is this the cool kids table? Like,
0: yeah, I sit or far like, away from the director. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> do you want me to sit here?
0: yeah <laughs> and you find out nobody cares about anything yeah. everyone just wants to eat and chat or not and like yeah it doesn't matter but yeah but there's just a that i was more nervous at the time
1: yeah i mean it was person. it was cool to going to that set was very very cool. I, I had no idea that the um, lunchroom was a set like the actual prison lunchroom i was like yeah the, the you know production designers like that they they fucking blew that whole thing out of the wall. It was so cool to just kind of like go through everything and be like, wait, this is this is a set. Like, blew my mind. Yeah, blew my mind. I
0: know. I always love that about about working on something you've already seen because you get to go. Oh, this is how the house is. Yes. Like, I got to, I was on Good Girls this last mm-hmm. season, and the whole house is the house that I was working in, I don't know how it is for every single thing, but was all a set on a stage. And it was like, it's beautiful. It's like this full house that they've created with like tchotchkes and all this stuff. And like on the show, it looks like a real house. I would have thought it was a real house. So I just think that's so cool.
1: Yeah. Was the most, uh, frightened you've ever been in these last couple of years, uh, being on who wants to be a millionaire? Because that was, uh,
0: (laughs) (laughs) yes, I wasn't even going to bring this up, but I was
1: just like, just remembering like that, like, my mom kept being like, did you watch it? I was like, no, we saved it. We saved it. We saved it.
0: Oh, and, my God. Uh, I was so And then I finally so watched it. And,
1: and you had told Laura what happened, but I had no idea. So I was like in in real time being like, what the fuck? <laughs> like just going crazy.
0: <laughs> it was the most insane thing ever. In oh, America.
1: no, I'm sorry. My mom ruined it for me. I forgot about that. She did oh, ruin did it she? for me.
0: Yes, yes. She goes, she like told you she how much like, I wanted. She's like
1: 500,000. Th- I was like, what? No. <laughs> I told her multiple times, multiple times. That's so funny. Yeah,
0: Yeah, it was amazing. I I loved getting to do that. And that truly was one of the most fun, but also (laughs) most nerve-wracking experiences ever. And I was so happy I got to have my dad as my fellow friend. That was, like, one
1: of the best moments. That was truly... It was, like, such good TV. Like, I'm just, like... Perfect.
0: He he changed his mind midway and then he didn't answer when they called him back. I was like, this is yeah. classic. This is like great. <laughs> Who wants to be a millionaire, man? Um, But that was, uh. that was truly wild. I mean, truly, I was thinking about when we did this podcast before yeah. and my life is just In every way, like, so different from that. And it's just so crazy, like, how much happens in that amount of time. Yeah, that that
1: seven years was, uh, I mean, you've done everything from, like, indie movies to the Big Bang Theory. Like, and then you've probably recorded almost a thousand podcast episodes. Oh,
0: my, yeah. You've done, I I counted,
1: 40 different podcasts in that time. Oh, my God. So, and in each, some of those are yours, which you've done, you know, over a hundred or so. Uh, podcast so it's like is that like your I was thinking I was like oh some stand-ups like need to be on the road kind of doing their thing it feels like that is your kind of shoot-around basketball like you there's a part of you that like needs to kind of get on be silly like that's your catharsis in a way.
0: I think so, and I it's it's funny because I guess at that time that we had that conversation, I hadn't done any. Maybe you might have been one of the first podcasts. I think I had done maybe like one episode of like Improv for Humans, right? Or right. Something. Yes. Yeah. But like I hadn't really, or maybe a comedy Bang Bang, but I hadn't really done. You haven't anything.
1: done. You did not do any of yours at that point, like with special guests or no. anything like that. Yeah.
0: And so looking at that is it's so interesting to me over, that I got into that whole world because. It really helped me find my voice. And I wonder if you feel the same way with Mm -hmm. with doing your show because as an improviser, you never speak as yourself. I mean, you're always doing a character or a scene that's, you know, fake Mm -hmm. and whatever. And it's like, that's how we're comedians. We're doing, we're performing improvised scenes. It's not me. Mm -hmm. So with that, you are never able to like... I mean, it's really I think hard to figure out exactly what your perspective is mm-hmm. besides analyzing your improv and what comes out in that, yeah, but like doing podcasts as yourself, having conversations is so valuable because you're able to formulate your point of view, and yeah, I think I've gotten to know myself so much from doing podcasts i have i I feel confident about my humor and confident to say like i'm a comedian Mm -hmm. not just i'm an improviser or not just i'm an actor or whatever it's like my comedy comes through these podcasts whether i'm having a serious conversation or not it's still my point of view and myself and um i never expected it to lead to like that kind of discovery of like and and that feeling of confidence that comes from doing your own thing
1: yeah because i don't know if i found my voice through doing this but there is something about just doing a project, like doing your project, like taking the responsibility, I guess, and being like and putting your name on something.
0: Yes. I when I think about you though, I think like you your improv is often your characters are often close to yourself, mm-hmm. but you pl- go big. Mm-hmm. So like you play really hard, but I think That when you're that type of player, you naturally know your voice a little more. Like, I it wasn't until I came to UCB that I started even not speaking in a character voice for every single scene. (laughs) I had never done it and I didn't understand what everyone was doing. And then they'd like call me Lauren in the scene, and I'm like, oh no, like it's (laughs) like it was like kind of a lot for me. Yeah. And I remember I had this, I had been talking to this manager who didn't sign me or anything, but she was like giving me advice at the time, and she was like, You could be like Phoebe on Friends, but you have to use your own voice. And I was like, oh. Yeah. I never even thought I could be like Phoebe on Mm Friends. I had never seen it like that. Like, oh, if I talked as myself, it's like hireable. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, oh, I can't play an old woman on like... Friends, you know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah, right. Not that friends was on when I was doing, <laughs> but shit, we could play, you know what I mean,
1: caricatures really well. I think, like, yeah. we can have a lot of fun with our caricatures, and I think it's creating a little bit more of a three dimensional character. I always broke it, I always told my students, I was like, with UCB, like, the difference I don't know if this analogy makes sense, but I used it a lot was like, I grew up loving like Merry Melodies and 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 Bugs Bunny, and that's two dimensional literally yeah. two dimensional uh cartoons i think ucb or the type of humor that we're going for is more like pixar which is like actual depth to those chari- they literally as yeah. well like there is some depth and like the silly moments are a little bit more grounded in a in not necessarily a story but are a little bit more uh, grounded as individuals even if they're fucking fish or you know you know right. different things there's
0: like emotional state yeah so it's
1: kind of bridging the caricature with kind of You know, you could still be a cartoon, you can still play big, but how do you ground it in some sort of truth? And that took a while, and I think that's really fun to justify stuff and get really in a conundrum about... I love the situations where it's like, no way can you justify this. Like, there's no way this even makes sense at this point. And then finding a way (laughs) to ground... The yes. scene is is uh, is very funny. But don't
0: you love when, even though you've been doing this for a million years, you still can't figure out a way to ground it, and it's horrible. It's the worst. <laughs> like, I mean, you just I, you I, feel like a,
1: you feel like you're like, oh yeah, I'm not good at this.
0: <laughs> I have a, like I I have had that happen in recent history. I actually were, like I've I've had it happen very recently where I, I did a whole thing and I'm like that never found its future. like that was like. <laughs> Literally bananas and not even funny. Like it's like it's so crazy. It's not funny. Yeah, it, I, that's the worst. Like I don't even know how to bring this back to earth. Like yeah, oh
1: my God. I, I for some reason you saying that reminded me of our episode of uh, with special guests when I was like a, a, it was, I think I would say like a gar. I was like a garbage man or something like that. <laughs> yeah, but you would oh been.
0: Oh my God, yours was so funny.
1: That was fun, but <laughs> I remember the part I just was losing it was because. I was a garbage man in my head in New York and you were a garbage man in L.A. So your <laughs> garbage truck that was now that I live in L.A., I understand like the, there's a little machine that comes out and picks up the garbage and puts it in the back. Yeah. Whereas in New York, these guys are riding on the back and there was this beautiful moment of us figuring like tra- having to justify <laughs> connecting like our who we actually are in like the middle of the episode. In the middle of the episode, I was like, "Yeah, but sometimes we, we, we ride on top or stuff like that." I just remembered doing that. That was a very fun because we were talking about just wait.
0: So, do they still do that in New York? Because I, I think was just still ride this in the about back. These garbage trucks, uh, like it's it's chaos. My garbage trucks here, are like they go down the street like eight times. Yeah. They're like, "We'll go once for the recycling, uh-huh. and we'll do uh, go come back an hour later for the regular." I'm like. Can you just do it all at once? I don't understand what's happening, but there, I remembered growing up, there was a guy who would go out and lift it. I'm like, yeah. this does seem much easier now that yeah. this whole
1: Yeah, yeah, no. That's, but,
0: so New York that, is maybe New York, still old the
1: too. New York uh, suburbs, all that stuff. Yeah, there's still, there's still guys. Yeah. There's still guys that, that are doing it, um, especially cool. in, in Jersey where I am now. So uh, I'm, I'm still yeah. seeing them. Uh, well, I want to thank you publicly for also, uh, it didn't work out, but you, ed reached out to me and were like i'm trying to produce some stuff and we tried to produce the need to fail and send it to yes. some places And it never panned out but it was very nice of you to to do that so thank you oh for, my God, of course for doing but that
0: but you did you did figure it all out and it's like somewhat been, yeah <laughs> i mean truly i it's crazy though like with something like that i i thought this is a no-brainer obviously it should get on a network yeah all this stuff yeah people are crazy man i just pitched something in the pandemic to seven places and got rejected seven times Mm. and it just makes you go what the fuck (laughs) does anyone want me to say i don't know what do you expect me to say because i clearly didn't deliver whatever you thought it was (sighs) just there's no predicting this stuff.
1: well uh well, thanks for doing this. This was uh, it was cool me. to kind of have a conclusion to this all. And
0: well, congratulations! I mean, you really—I would consider this a huge success. You, how many episodes is it? This will
1: be, there's going to be total probably 156 or so.
0: That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, did you ever think it would be no? Like you'd get that in depth with it? Nope. Yeah, that's so cool. No way.
1: Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, and
0: I've listened to so many of them, and it's so good. Thanks. And I just love hearing people talk about their failures because it really humanizes everyone. And it is that thing where like with this horrible business where it just helps to hear that someone mm-hmm. you admire or think is cool or funny, like also struggles. Like it's, it's, yeah. it's such a simple idea, but people are so afraid to talk about failure. And I just think it's so bold yeah. that you yeah. did this. So good job.
1: Thanks. No, I appreciate that. And I, I think it's cool to listen to other people, for, like say authors or musicians and stuff like that to be like, Oh yeah, if you, Anybody that's putting themselves out there and is vulnerable is kind of going through this, like, I'm putting my heart on my sleeve. That's why it's like, that's why we need to protect ourselves a lot. I think we're both people that, like, will open up as much as possible, but always maybe keep a part of ourselves hidden in a way because it's like, well, that's for me. That's not for you. You know what I mean? Like, this is, and I don't know if that's, like, held me back in a way, but there's something precious about, like, not revealing it all. Out there, but revealing no, like 99% of it. You know what I mean? I was I gonna want...
0: say, like, I think you, I think you reveal a lot yeah. that, that makes you really three dimensional. Yeah. I think there are some people who, uh, like celebrities, where they're so secretive about their life that you're like, hey man, I bet it's not that interesting. Like, just give me something. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, You know, like just tell us who you're married to or whatever. Like, people are so weird. You're like, just. Yeah it's not that serious but like yeah, yeah i do yeah. think yeah there's you can keep some things for yourself and it's nice it's nice for me that i don't even know what those things are for you you yeah. know what i mean like that's like yeah. that's cool like yeah. it just means you've done a good job protecting yeah. yourself and and still being vulnerable and sharing and i mean i think it's been so cool hearing you talk about becoming a dad on this show mm-hmm. and like all of those types of things it's so it's just so interesting i mean so much has changed for you yeah. in the amount of time yeah. that's passed yeah. that like It's just wild. Like you've moved across the country, got married, (laughs) had a baby. Like all this career stuff, ups and downs, all that shit. Like that's amazing. Yeah,
1: I've tried to numb myself out at times, but it's I much rather choose uh, feeling it all. I think. Uh, I think so so too, and I think like
0: when you you now have this record of like your years, Mm -hmm. as well as all these amazing conversations, but just. Like I, th- I mean, do you ever think about? I mean, I know you're trying to wrap it up, and I, I'm, i keeping it going. No, 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 no. Do, okay. you ever, <laughs> do you ever think about Joni eventually listening to this, like, and hearing your thoughts on stuff, or like,
1: you know, I, the, I haven't thought about that, but I have thought about like sometimes she like peeps in the background, and I'm like, oh, that's her voice, and and if I do listen back, it's it's cool to kind of capture, um, yeah. just like her voice at a time when I didn't, you know, we didn't we weren't videotaping her or something like that. Yeah. Like she's just a reminder that she's there and hearing her little peep is yeah. special to think about, but no, I haven't thought about her listening back to this and, um, and thinking about it now. It, uh, yeah, it makes me a little emotional. It makes me, uh, proud. I think, I think it makes me yeah. proud that, that she'll hear some of this stuff. So yeah, it's it. It's thanks for so asking. Cool. That. I haven't thought about that. I haven't thought about that.
0: Yeah. It's really cool. I think, like, to be able to have that with your parents Mm
1: -hmm. is
0: so unique and and rare that you would be able to hear them kind of, you know, as she gets older and understands what you do more, to be able to hear you talk about it in depth and, like, the the highs and lows of it in a way that you might not typically tell her or remember,
1: you know what I mean? We're we're such, you were such a different person in 2013. Yes. Myself as well. So it's like we were such different people. So our thought processes are different. Our experiences are different. Our traumas are different. Everything Mm -hmm. is different. And the more you kind of go through it, the more you know it's a perspective shift so to kind of hear it's almost like a time capsule right like you're hearing yeah. the truth of what was actually happening fuck i can listen to something from a couple episodes ago and be like what you know like Same i don't remember i don't even remember that like my memory's so bad i, I just because i try to move forward with things uh, and it's not like we don't Me feel too, them, but- that's a
0: good way of of putting it because i always say i have a bad memory and and mike mike my husband is always like that's like, that's not like an excuse. Like yeah. just try, but I'm like, I think it is that I try to move forward and not stay too weighed down by everything. Even the plot of a movie that yeah. I don't remember. Yeah. Like, I'm just like, I saw it. Let's go. Let's yeah. go. Like there is this feeling. And, and I think that with podcasts, like I, it's part of my, like one thing that's kind of insane about having done so many podcasts is that there's just all these hours of me just talking about fucking bullshit. <laughs> and I'm like, I I don't know if my future children will ever hear it, but the idea of them listening to me like talk about taking a dump as like a character is like really weird. But they, I guess that's cool. I think so. I don't know.
1: I think so. I mean, listen, it, there could be much shittier things to listen to. Like, yeah, we could be Rush Limbaugh or something. I don't know. Yeah,
0: very true. Very true. Like, I'd
1: rather I'd rather yeah. I'd rather my kid hear me talking about like shits and then then yes. being angry at a certain. Uh, types of people or being self-righteous in any way and or anything like that so i think you know yeah it's it's very interesting to think about it's very interesting to think about um but hey thanks for doing this
0: thanks for having me of course
1: That was Lauren Lapkus. Thank you, Lauren, for doing this. The Wrong Missy is on Netflix right now. Go watch it. Check out Lauren's podcast or short film, all sorts of other goodies on her Patreon right now. She's on Twitter at Lauren Lapkus. I'm on Twitter at Don Finelli or at The Need to Fail. Questions, concerns, failure stories of your own? Email me theneedtofail at gmail.com. All things Need to Fail merch. You know my one design. Head over to T Public, search The Need to Fail or Mahalo Your Dreams, or check out my social medias for the link. Uh, got a sale going on right now, so go get some faily-fail gear and get some for the kiddies, why don't ya? And uh, why not rate and review the show on iTunes and Stitcher and tell your faily friends to do so as well? It's never too late. That's it for me here. Got my final failures coming at you next week. Thanks for listening. My name's Don Finnelli. hollow your dreams.